big motivation is it's an awful lot cheaper than can. So at the moment, I think it could be about 20% cheaper than can. So on a cost basis, it's significantly beneficial. It's also been shown through our research projects, uh, both on the dairy and the beef side, to deliver the same amount of grass. So it's a win-win and it can be it can be used right throughout the year. So I think that's probably one of the simplest things that farmers can do. And we know from that MAC curve that if we get a good uptake of protected urea, that we have the potential to reduce total greenhouse gas emissions in the country by 11%. Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Siobhan Kavna, who is working with the Chagas Signpost Programme to discuss what areas you can focus on to make your farm more sustainable in 2024. Siobhan, you're very welcome. Maybe before we start, can you remind farmers what is the Signpost Programme? The Signpost Programme is a sustainability programme that's led by Chagas, but supported by over 62 uh, partners right across the industry. And basically, the main focus of the programme is to improve the sustainability of, of farming with a big emphasis on reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. Um, but also we're looking at biodiversity and water quality. And I suppose we have to be very careful that um, we take a very holistic approach to sustainability. Like there's no point in us demonstrating how you improve environmental sustainability without also being able to show how you can be productive and profitable. And also that the social sustainability is good on the farm as well. So that's work-life balance, that's animal welfare, that's animal health, it's all those kind of areas. So there's a very holistic approach being taken to us, but the main focus is really on reducing greenhouse gas emissions and we've 62 partners as i said to the program which is a very it's which is very positive that there's a lot of support in the industry around this program to support farmers and it's really about supporting and enabling farmers to improve their sustainability so there's two main components to the program there's the the demonstration farm program um, and there's the advisory program. So the demonstration farm program, we've 125 farmers on that program. And these are basically demonstration farmers dotted right across the country. On the beef side, there's two specific programs within that. Um, there's the future beef program and the dairy beef 500 program. And to say there's farmers dotted across all the advisory regions in Chagas. And I suppose one of the things I'd be saying on this call is to encourage farmers to um, find out who their local signpost farmers and get to know them. And then the second component of the programme is the signpost advisory programme. And that there's 21 advisors in that, again, dotted right across the country. And they're to support all farmers, whether you're a Chagas client or not, to put a plan in place to help improve um, environmental sustainability. So they'll help farmers to identify what the number is for their farm. So what is the emissions on the farm? And then identify a couple of actions that they can take uh, in 2024 to do that. So I'd encourage, again, farmers to to find about the advisory service in their own local region and, and sign up for it. Um, and we have had a very positive response to that in the first six months of it being in place. That's great, Siobhan. I suppose sustainability and the MAC curve, also known as the marginal abatement cost curve, is something the farmers are hearing more and more about. As part of the programme, there are a number of steps and actions that you mentioned that farmers can carry out. What's the first step and possibly one of the easiest changes farmers could make? So, yeah, so what we have done is we've taken that MAC curve, which is quite complicated in and of itself, and we've, we've distilled it down to 12 key steps that cattle farmers can take to to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. And number one on that is using protected urea. So we know that protected urea will significantly reduce greenhouse gas emissions. But for the ordinary farmer out there trying to decide whether to use it or not, that's not going to be their big motivating factor. The big motivation is it's an awful lot cheaper than can. So at the moment, I think it could 
could be about 20% cheaper than can. So on a cost basis, it's significantly beneficial. It's also been shown through our research projects, uh, both on the dairy and the beef side, to deliver the same amount of grass. So it's a win-win and it can be it can be used right throughout the year. So I think that's probably one of the simplest things that farmers can do. And we know from that MAC curve that if we get a good uptake of protected urea, that we have the potential to reduce total greenhouse gas emissions in the country by 11%. Um, and that's that's very 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 significant. So it it, it it's a hugely valuable uh, tool for us to help to achieve that reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. So we know we have to reduce emissions by twenty five percent by twenty thirty, and basically eleven percent of that twenty five uh, can be taken off by using protected urea. So it's an important first step, and it really is just a matter of when you're going in to buy your fertilizer to switch from buying canned to buying protected urea. And then where you are using compounds is using the compounds like your 18612s and your 101020s, which are the lower emitting ones as well. And there's some quite significant work coming through on that side from Johnstown Castle at the moment. Most definitely significant changes there, Siobhan, with just one action in particular. What would be the following steps the farmers could carry out? Yeah, so as I say, there's 12 steps. The next steps are around, I suppose, uh, soil fertility or, or nutrient management plan. So applying lime is a very significant one. It's probably one of the cheapest ones that you can incorporate. We know from 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 research work that applying lime has the potential to, to release up to 80 kilos of nitrogen per hectare per year. So by releasing that nitrogen, you can cut down on the amount of nitrogen that you're, that you're applying to, to land or, or uh, chemical fertilizer that you're applying. Um, and there's a saving then in terms of emissions. So there's a couple of actions there that you wonder, well, how is that going to reduce my greenhouse gas emissions? And lime is one of those. Lime reduces our emissions because you're putting out less chemical fertilizer. Less chemical fertilizer means less less emissions. Um, and that's probably the next step that we would suggest a lot of farmers to take is to apply lime to, um, to, to be able to reduce nitrogen. But it is important that if you apply lime and correct soil pH, that you correspond then reduce the amount of chemical nitrogen that you you apply. So that's the next one. I suppose the one after that then is probably looking at P's and K's and making sure that P's, P's and K's, so your soil indexes are right. Um, and I suppose for a lot of cattle farms, unless they're very high intensity, you're looking at probably index two for 80, 90 percent of, of the soils um, up to, between index two and index three. And again, that improves the efficiency with which nitrogen is used and has the potential to reduce the amount of chemical nitrogen that you would use. Better use of slurry is an important one, I think, Catherine. Um, like we know we know from the very high fertilizer prices we've had the last couple of years that um, making best use of slurry, we know it's a valuable commodity in terms of supplying nutrients. So it's putting it out at the right time of the year. So in the springtime where you're going to get the maximum value out of it, putting it out using low emission slurry spreading. Again, you get extra nitrogen from that. Um, and getting it analysed. And we're seeing more and more of our signpost farmers are now are, are getting their slurry analysed so that they know exactly what's in that slurry. Because even take a farm where you have sucked cows and you might have finished animals, the composition of the slurry in, in the two tanks could be could be very, very different. And at least by knowing the analysis of the slurry, well, then you have the potential to actually target the slurry where, you're, where, where you need to apply it best. And, and that's that's one of the things that we're seeing on our signpost farms in, I suppose, one of our priority areas for the signpost farms is to reduce their reliance on chemical nitrogen. And of course, I suppose the couple of things that they're doing is they're putting out more lime. So um, in 2021, they were applying half a ton of lime per hectare. In 22, that was 0.75. And we expect that to be the same or even higher in 2023. 
Um, far more of their slurry is going out using low emission slurry spreading. 77% of this is going out using LESS. And all of them are getting the slurry analysed. Um, and, and they're improving, they're making sure that their soil indexes is right and using the nutrient management plan that they have for their farm to make decisions around soil fertility and where they target their fertiliser. A major focus there, Siobhan, really on soil fertility and all of those steps. And I suppose that leads on really to what actions farmers can do to manage grass better on their farm throughout the year. Yeah, so better grassland management. We know where an animal has um is has a grazing diet, so a grass diet rather than a grass silage diet, there's lower emissions associated with that. So because because of the quality of the diet. So we're all familiar with the 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 grass ten program. It's about getting soil fertility right, it's having the right infrastructure there to be able to go out and graze the grass when 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 you need to. It's about um, it's about a receding program where that's relevant. It's not going to be relevant on all dry stock farms, but where, where it is relevant and measuring. Gra- now, we say measuring grass, but that's really walking your farm on a regular basis to identify where there's deficits or where there's surpluses there that you can take those out or you can manage it. There's an awful lot of farmers doing a very good job in terms of managing the grass. They may not be measuring it, but they're walking it on a regular basis and identifying where the potential is to to put out more fertilizer where they're short or where they have where grass is getting a bit strong and they need to take out uh, surpluses. So it's a combination of things. There's no one thing will improve grassland management, but I would say infrastructure, uh, walking the farm on a regular basis, getting out early is important. So, you know, as having as many days of grass in the diet, we know extended grazing is part of that uh, MAC curve and, and having as much grass in the diet as possible. Really, Siobhan, increasing the Grassland management on the farms links to increase in output through the increased daily live weight gain. And that probably is very much linked to the animal health and the breeding performance on those farms. Yeah, it's a combination of things. And I suppose one of the big one of the big actions on the MAC curve is re- reducing aged slaughter. And that's a combination of so that's that's better out. That's better productivity is better performance is getting performance earlier in life and keeping it going. And that's a combination of good grassland management, good general management, good health, as you said yourself, and and, and good breeding. But the, the health one, I suppose, is having a good health plan in place. And I suppose when we were putting those signpost farms in place and when the team on both Future Beef and Dairy Beef 500 were putting them in place, they would have identified particular areas where they were going to focus in. And one of, one of those was to have a good herd health plan. And that might be as simple as Nothing very complicated. That sounds complicated, a herd health plan, but that's about having a vaccination program in place in the farm and also having a dosing um, policy on the farm where, you know, you you, you use your dung samples to make decisions around um, dosing and that area. So I think having that plan in place is hugely important that it's it's very hard to quantify the effect of health on greenhouse gas emissions, but it's e- very easy to quantify its effect on output. So if animals aren't healthy, they're going to be longer on the farm, therefore their emissions are going to be higher. So yeah, it's a hugely important part of it to make sure animals are, are that you don't have any stage of their growth phase that that's that you're that that's suboptimal because because of challenges from from animal health and you mentioned Siobhan the importance of reducing chemical nitrogen I presume clover will have a real action on a lot of those farms to reduce the amount of chemical nitrogen on the farm 
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose that's that's the third uh, prong um, when farmers are trying to reduce our signpost farmers are reducing their emissions. So they're 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 putting out the lime, they're making better use of the story. And an awful lot of them are in clo- incorporating clover or multi-species. And in a lot of cases, that's white clover. But then we've seen good progress made with red clover for silage as well to reduce the amount of nitrogen used. And of the we, we would have done a survey on a lot of the signpost farms last year to establish just how much clover is on those farms. Now, we don't have definite figures on them, but on 82 percent of those um, signpost cattle farms, they have a certain level of clover on the farm. And that's helping them to reduce their nitrogen even further. And I suppose the big challenge there is to have the confidence to be able to reduce that nitrogen over the main season through through the summer period when there's good covers of, of clover there. And and that's, and that's what we're seeing as the biggest challenge is to have that confidence when the clover is there to actually reduce the nitrogen to correspond with the clover um, the clover in the sward. Of all the steps and actions that you've discussed, Siobhan, what three things should listeners focus on as top priorities in 2024, do you think? Yeah, I think the protected urea one is the most straightforward one. Um, we've had good uptake from our signpost farms. 39% of their nitrogen now is applied using protected urea. If we could bring all farmers to that level, we'd be very happy. Like it is one of the big, it's probably one of the easy wins for us. I think liming, um, it's relatively cheap. It is cheap. We know the return on it is very high. Is it six or seven euro for every euro invested? And that will help to reduce nitrogen. And I think on the breeding side, I know the emphasis on the, the dairy beef side is, is that when farmers are going out to buy calves, that they use the CBV value so that they know they're buying quality calves. Um, and I think on the suckler side, you're looking at um, calving at two years of age, um, in, in increasing the, the replacement replacement um, index. So there's breeding on both sides, but it depends on whether it's suckler or dairy beef. I'd say they're the three priority areas, I think, for, for cattle farmers this year. And you mentioned earlier that there's a number of local signpost farmers across the country. So I'll include the link to the signpost farms, either in the Future Beef Programme or the Dairy Beef 500 Programme in the podcast text. That would be great. You also mentioned, Siobhan, the newsletter. How can farmers that's interested sign up to the newsletter or sign up to get an appointment with one of the 21 advisors to find out where their greenhouse gas emissions are for their farms? So the, the newsletter comes out on a monthly basis and it's a combination of, you know, technical articles, decision support tools, research updates. So it's it's a useful one to be getting on a monthly basis. If you just go into chagas.ie um, and look for signpost newsletter, they'll be able to sign up there. And again, maybe Catherine, I can give you the link that you can you can add to the text to go with the, with the podcast. And they can contact their local Chagask advisor. So any local advisory region, um, Chagask advisory region, if they call into the office or ring the office, they'll be put in contact with with a local advisor. And again, I just want to stress, this is open to all farmers. It's not just open to, to Chagas clients. It's open to everybody, clients and non-clients. So contact your local advisor and they'll be setting up workshops over the next couple of weeks that you should be able to get on one of those to identify, as you say, the, what your, the number is for your farm and then put a plan in place. And that might be just as simple as identifying two or three actions like the ones I spoke about earlier on that might be suitable for your farm. And this year, Siobhan, there's a new initiative. There's a new Chagas FBD Environmental Sustainability Awards. Can you tell me more about them? Yeah, this is this is an exciting development for us. And we know in the past that 
awards like this have helped to promote um, and create awareness around key actions in a particular area. Like we've seen it for EBI, we've seen it for Grass 10, we've seen it for other sustainability, Borbia sustainability awards. So basically, Chagas and FBD have come together with to, to develop this awards program. There's a, a prize fund of 30,000, so it's, it's quite attractive. The overall winner is somebody that can demonstrate good environmental sustainability in the areas of reducing greenhouse gases, improving water quality, biodiversity and soil health. But at the same time, to be able to demonstrate that, yes, the farm is productive and the farm is profitable you know, within the enterprise. So it's, it, it, for us, it's about demonstrating environmental sustainability while remaining productive and, and, and profitable. So the overall win, winner there gets €10,000. So it's, it's very att- attractive, Catherine. Um, and then there's enterprise awards. So there's enterprise awards for each of the main enterprises. So dairy, beef is split in two. You have breeding and non-breeding. Uh, you have sheep and you have tillage. So there's an award for each of those. They're, they're two and a half thousand. And there's then there's a best of award. So the best of is somebody that is really showing very good progress in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions or improving their water quality or enhancing biodiversity or doing something in particular around soil health. It's somebody that's doing a good job overall, but it's really somebody that's really excelling in one of those areas. And again, the, the award there is two and a half thousand. So it, it very generously funded by FBD, there's 30,000 in, in terms of awards in it. So anybody can apply, any farmer can apply. Um, and if they want to apply, again, Catherine, you can use the link. I can send you on the link that you can add to the, the notes. But you can, if you go to, if you just go to chagas.ie, um, you'll fi- find it there on the front page where you can apply. Um, it's a relatively simple apl- application form to apply. You tick the actions that you're taking and then you give a brief description of those. And I suppose if you want to, you know, you need to give that a certain amount of description so that we can, you know, do the shortlist. And so we'll be doing the shortlist and uh, through springtime and then the, the shortlisted farmers will be visit- visited over the summertime. So the closing date, catching for this, is the 29th of February. So there's a few weeks le- ye- left yet. Um, but certainly we would be encouraging as many farmers as possible. What we really want to do is to to promote sustainable farming, but also to give credit to farmers that are making a huge effort in this area. And an awful lot of farmers are making an effort and to demonstrate to their peers, to the industry, but also to the general public that they can see what farmers are doing to improve the sustainability on their farms. And I think that's hugely important um, to the industry to be able to give that credit because there's an awful lot of very good work going on at the moment. Most definitely, Siobhan, and a very exciting initiative, and I'll include the link for anyone that wishes to apply in the podcast text. Thanks very much, Siobhan, and we look forward to seeing some of those farms that win some of these awards later in the summer. Thank you, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to Siobhan for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.